I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 59 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about hemp. So this week I'm coming at you a little bit under the weather. In fact, earlier this week I did not have any voice at all, which was very annoying for me, arguably enjoyable for those around me. But my voice is back, so we're plunging ahead with episode 59, but if I sound stuffy or nasally or weird in any way, I'm blaming it on the the muckety-muck that I'm fighting. So this week I want to talk about a subject, actually it's interested me for a long time being from Kentucky because this state used to be the country's number one producer of industrial hemp. Now today uh, in the United States, it's illegal, at least according to the federal government, to grow industrial hemp. But nevertheless, earlier this month, a Maine grower planted that state's first hemp crop, at least in modern times completely ignoring the federal prohibition on the plant. According to the Portland Press-Herald, Stephen Zeno planted about an acre of hemp in a town called Monmouth, which I believe was uh, uh, near Portland. This actually might have happened in July. Timeline's a little iffy here, but anyway, within the last couple of months, he planted an acre of hemp, and he reportedly obtained the seed from a food bank in Colorado, which is another state that has legalized industrial hemp. Now, last summer, the Maine legislature overrode Governor LePage's veto to authorize uh, the growing of industrial hemp in the state without having to gain any federal permission. In fact, it says in the state law that there's no uh, requirement for any grower in the state to get federal permission. Now, you might ask, why in the world does a farmer in Maine need permission from the federal government to grow a plant? Well, that is a very good question, but the federal government does maintain a virtual, uh, complete prohibition of hemp. Now, back in 1938, an article in Popular Mechanics dubbed industrial hemp the, quote, new billion-dollar crop. And after years of declining production, the magazine predicted a renaissance with the innovation of a machine that improved the fiber-bearing cortex, or it removed the fiber-bearing cortex from the stock, and it opened the door for low-cost production of products ranging from rope to paper. 
But Hemp's fate had already been sealed the year before with the passage of the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. Oh, wait, wait. You thought we were talking about hemp, right? Well, yeah, we are. But it shares an unfortunate relationship with marijuana. Now, hemp has very little THC, which is the ingredient in pot that gives you the buzz. You can't smoke hemp and get high. You're not going to light a hemp rope and get a buzz. But people still lump it in with good old Mary J. And when the Fed smacked down prohibition on marijuana, hemp got conveniently, for some people, tangled up in the regulatory web. And this was partly due to timber and paper interests that didn't want the competition. Imagine that. We have big corporations using the power of the federal government to uh, crush out competitors with regulations. Well, hemp got a reprieve during World War II when the government encouraged farmers to grow the crop in its uh, Hemp for Victory campaign. But the tax and the accompanying regulatory maze discouraged post-war hemp production. Now, the Supreme Court overturned the, uh, the Marijuana Act in 1969, but that did not end regulation. Industrial hemp now falls under the Controlled Substance Act of 1970. It technically remains legal to grow industrial hemp, but farmers must obtain a permit from the DEA, which is a nearly impossible feat. Now, this is all completely unconstitutional doubt me, then you have to ask yourself this question. Why did it require a constitutional amendment for the federal government to prohibit alcohol? There's no difference here. This is an unconstitutional federal overreach, but of course the Constitution doesn't stop the federal government from doing whatever it wants. So here we are in 2016, and we have this virtual prohibition of a very, very valuable plant. Federal prohibition of hemp is as stupid as it is unconstitutional. Get this. While the government bans growing the plant, the United States is the number one importer of hemp. Yeah, you got it. The federal government bans growing the plant and then imports it primarily from China and Canada. Recent economic reports suggest that the U.S. market for hemp is at least $600 million per year. And industry observers count as many as 25,000 uses for industrial hemp. These include food, cosmetics, plastics, paper, rope, and even clean-burning biofuels. And they ban it. Now, in early 2014, President Obama signed a new farm bill into law, which included a provision that allows some states to begin limited research programs growing hemp. Basically, current federal law authorizes hemp farming by research institutions only, for research only. Farming for commercial purposes by individuals or businesses is still prohibited. But Maine is among a number of states that are simply ignoring the federal ban and legalizing hemp anyway. And when states remove their layer of law, it allows markets to take root. The economic potential is large enough that there are always some people willing to take on the very slight risk of federal enforcement when the state opens the door and gets rid of the risk of state enforcement. Now, Colorado has been the most successful of the states. In 2014 uh, was the first year of state-authorized hemp cultivation, and about 30 growers filed applications to plant uh, about 1,800 acres of hemp that year. And things have only grown from there. According to the Pueblo Chieftain, the amount of acreage used to grow industrial hemp in the state is poised to double this year. 
according to uh, a program manager from the Colorado Department of Agriculture, they were getting 10 to 15 registrants a day. And they expect to have more than 4,700 acres of outdoor production and 800,000 square feet of indoor space uh, for the 2016 growing season. Now, keep in mind, all of this is still illegal, according to the federal government, right? Other states have done the same. Vermont, Oregon, South Carolina, Connecticut, Maine, and North Dakota are all simply ignoring federal prohibition, and they've legalized industrial hemp production within their state borders anyway. Now, there's a lesson here. States need to quit asking permission and just allow farmers to grow the crop. The more hemp that grows in the U.S., the harder it becomes for the feds to maintain their stupid prohibition. As markets grow, there will be even more demand. Eventually, if states keep doing this, I guarantee pressure from states will force a change in D.C. That's how it works from the bottom up. By and large, when it comes to politics, Americans have it backwards. We are so obsessed with changing D.C. by electing a new president or putting some new bums in Congress or or maybe uh, filing a lawsuit in federal courts. But all of this fails time after time after time. But when states simply act, as we're seeing with hemp, we've seen it with marijuana, when states just say, you know what, federal government, you try to enforce your stupid prohibition, you try to enforce your so-called laws, we're going to do our own thing. When that happens, that's where we start to see actual changes. As my friend Robert Scott Bell often says, stop asking permission where none is required. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10th Amendment Center.com. And if you haven't done it, head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.